I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. For those of you who don't know Joe, he's one of the nice guys in marketing. Literally, he's built his career and reputation on being, and I quote, positively lovely. Over the past five years, Joe took a hobby and turned it into an Anglo-American community with nearly 20,000 members. And from there, he turned it into a thriving business. Built on the principle of bringing marketers together, Joe's business revolved and thrived around physical events. And then COVID came along and changed the game. So this episode is going to take a closer look in how one business managed to pivot and accelerate its growth in a time of complete chaos and how marketing and position played a huge part in that. I'm Joe Glover. I'm the founder of the Marketing Meetup. It's a community of 14,000 marketers around the UK and established very much on the basis of looking after each other and uh, just looking at marketing in, in a way where the humans come first. I'm Richard Wood. I run the marketing agency Six and Flow. I've worked in marketing for around about 18 years now and I'm a massive believer in that people should be trying to engage with people on a human level, not just treating people as leads and numbers in a spreadsheet anymore so joe talk us through how your business operated pre-covid thank you for that mate that's the nicest you've ever been to me as well that's that's all you're getting (laughs) (laughs) um so before uh, covid started then we operated on a um a local event scale so we have 14 locations um so 13 in the UK and then we started in New York in in February as well um so we plan to run 10 events in each of those locations over the course of the year so 140 events for the year um and typically speaking these run once a month in terms of like how we then monetize that then um we had sponsors for each local event too so um when people would come to a marketing meetup event it would very much look like um a very sort of open welcome welcoming networking space um we couldn't find a better solution than that you know but i think actually something that was really important within that was the values which we'll no doubt speak about a little bit later um then there was buffet two speakers and networking uh, book ended on on both ends of, of the event so it was it was a very sort of casual atmosphere uh, obviously in person uh, in a range of locations not and one of the things I took a great amount of pride in was that it wasn't just London as well. It was across the country. Well, it didn't start uh, in London, did it? No, it started in Cambridge. So I I live just outside Cambridge. Um, and in fact, the Marketing Meetup's first event was in a canteen in, in, in Cambridge. Um, 50 people came to the first event after sticking it up on meetup.com. And uh, yeah, I mean, it, it wasn't anything fancy, you know, but I think that's also part of the appeal. You know, it was just a very sort of, welcoming uh, open space where people could come to have a nice time but be treated like a human being rather than you know a number something to be sold to it, it was a comfortable experience a comfortable welcoming experience for anyone that chose to engage with it in high, that way. high quality speakers as well right 
Well, you know, some of them, I mean, the highs, highs and lows, you know, I mean, <laughs> no, of course, you know, I mean, we've been incredibly lucky and I actually credit my first boss on that. Um, so my first job uh, in marketing was actually working for a conferencing company um, and the guy's name was Mark Littlewood and, and he sort of spent a ton of time curating speakers and, and, and using that word as well, curation, rather than just like putting on, yep. you know, he, he was really, really particular about the people that he put on his, his stage and and that was something that has stayed with me throughout the course of my career and, and especially with the marketing meetup as well so what and like what was the rollout of growth so you started in cambridge then where was where was number two so number two um actually funnily enough number two was supposed to be london and i launched the london group um but then it didn't really get much traction so i didn't really do anything with it so actually number two where we held an event was actually in norwich uh but the number two group was in London, if that makes sense. So um, Norwich was the second choice because that's where my wife's from. You know, as simple as that, it was about an hour away. Uh, I like the place and stuff like that. And we found Funny accents there. though. <laughs> Honestly, well, yeah, I don't know. My wife doesn't have an accent, but like my, my father-in-law does, but he's a bit more Yarmouth way. So, um, but um, yeah, no, you know, I, I love the city and, and actually I'm so pleased we didn't go to London second in the end because that sort of spirit taking you know what we created in cambridge and then uh moving that spirit to somewhere else it was it was a good experiment to do it in another smaller city type of place so so yeah so okay so pre-covid you had like 14 cities you were running like monthly events in each of them and like you had a good bank of sponsors like sponsoring localized events what was the growth plans pre-covid like where were you going to take it it was probably much the same, to be honest. So if I reflect on the conversations that we were having at the time, then I was speaking with a guy in North Carolina. I was speaking with uh, someone else in Florida. I was speaking with someone in uh, San Francisco. So, you know, there's probably a bit more of an American theme. Um, the Leeds event was something that we wanted to get going. So it would have been more events, um, no doubt. I think the, the business model would have evolved around that as well. So the way that we used to sell sponsorship was local, national, global, um, you know, global with the addition of America. Um, but obviously that changed during COVID too. So I'd say the growth plans would have been more of the same. That should be caveated though, that that was more, that thought was because A, we knew we were good at it. And then B, because it was just like a natural state of progression, but we also realized that it wasn't necessarily ideal <laughs> in the sense that it's very, very labor intensive to put on an event and it's heavy as well. I was traveling like three, four days a week, you know, and, and I was becoming more aware at that point that looking ahead to the future of five years time, I didn't want to be away from my wife, you know, four days a week on the road running events and stuff like that, because well, I've spoken to her and she sings a different tune. <laughs> <laughs> she has been so no she hasn't she, you know it's been lovely it's been really nice to be at home actually so um but yeah no um so the reality was it would have been more events um but potentially you know maybe that would have um covid certainly fast-tracked the future it has to be said you know in, in terms of moving things online what was it that so like it, it seemed like some of your immediate growth plans as well was pushing further into the US. What is it that you think like for British businesses, cause, and it was the same for us as well, is 
like almost as a, a badge of honor or like a mark of respect or self-respect, I guess, is being able to grow from the UK into North America. Like, it, what were you growing in that way because there was an immediate market there or do you think there was like an undercurrent of like, if I break US soil, I've made it? Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, we've been extremely opportunistic over the course of time. So like moving to New York was not like a decision we made. Um, we had a company in crowd who, who sort of came to us and said, we've got a, a New York office and we'd like to do something like the marketing meetup. But then we thought, why don't we just do the marketing meetup there? So, you know, that was just like, yeah, you know, and, and like that has fully been, you know, when you sort of speak about growth plans, I think planning is probably over egging it a bit. You know, it was like, we'll just do stuff when it comes up. Um, and then really the, the pivot has been much the same, you know, even, even then. So, um, I don't know whether there was any grand ambition to sort of move to America and sort of break it and, and sort of stuff like that. I actually had some reservations that I'm not sure or I wasn't sure whether the the positively lovely message would actually sort of resonate there. But it was so interesting that when we did I think that might depend on state. <laughs> it may well do, but let's not pick let's not let's not name. Um but like it was so funny. I mean, maybe um New York is one of the more liberal states, but like I was going to New York fully under the impression that people would sort of look at me with kind of like a bit of a weird gaze going, what are you speaking about? You, you know, sort of. Mate, I'm in Manchester and I've looked at you like that. <laughs> Honestly, like I, I've had to start dialing down speaking about love and kindness just a little bit because I truly mean it when I speak about it, but it never ever lands you know it never ever lands you know and i have to find a different route about getting about these things because it is one of those messages which some people just don't resonate with you know and sort of you know you have to find a way to sort of make them understand it without sort of saying the l word i guess um okay so so you you had you had an event in new york in february so yes. when was it that you started to take notice of what was happening across the globe it was probably around then you know, it was it was around that point where it was like, I remember speaking to my wife and, and sort of saying, you know, I think this one will go ahead, but I'm not sure about the next one type of thing. Um, and there were rumblings, but it was also quite amazing how quick it happened. You know, if you imagine back in March, I'm pretty sure when March the 1st rolled around, probably quite a lot of us still weren't taking it very seriously. And we ran our event in London uh, which was the first week or the last week of February, maybe. And then we ran our event in Cambridge, which was um, sort of the, the first week in March. So I think they sort of straddled sort of like the 7th or 8th of March or something like that. It's quite um, quite poetic that the first was the last. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. I, I, there was something, And that was the weird thing, though. So we had an Oscar nominee speak that night. You know, so for me that night was was mental because, you know, the, the caliber of speaker on that night we had an Oscar nominee. You know, they're coming to Cambridge to speak to us, and on that night, my mate Simon was the other speaker. Um, he actually took a moment and, and sort of at the beginning of the thing, he sort of said, you know, I think we've all got to take a moment of appreciation for the person who puts this all together. I hadn't asked him to do this or anything like that, you know, but he, he sort of said, you know, well done, Joe, and and you know like you made everyone give me a round of applause for putting this together and, and like it is funny that that was the last event you know because there was 
it was an unbelievable moment you know it was like a real sort of moment of gratitude which i don't think i'll ever forget because when do you ever get someone clap your contribution to their lives or you know their professional lives in any kind of way i do it all the time joe i just don't share it with you yeah <laughs> you do it like three minutes after we get off the call <laughs> do, you, do you know what you need is you need a gratitude wall <laughs> i do so people can't see this but actually i've had a few people ask me whether this is a virtual background that i, I have on my camera but it's an actual thing and and we were speaking before we went live about I've got a little gratitude wall uh, on the back, which is a feature so, of. So okay, so in in those events in March and and like things where you could see things were starting to change and how like when was it? It started to dawn on you that it may have some deep effect on your business. Um, so we cancelled all our events on March the thirteenth, and I want to say that it was that week. So I think I sent the message on Friday, which was March the thirteenth, if I'm right. So I want to say like all that week, it was like, you know, stuff's going down. Um, it's quite clear we're not going to be able to run any more events. Um, so it was it was around that that sort of time period. And, and I don't know, it was an odd thing. I, I think I spent four days feeling really, really sad. You know, like four years worth of work, effort, it must have been fucking heartbreaking. It was. You know, like, I have to say, I absolutely love what I do. You know, I mean, you know, it's, you know, when people speak about passion, you know, like, it is an absolute passion. I love it. And and so the flip side of that is when something you love gets taken away from you in a manner like that, you're like, fuck, you know, this, that's really, really shit. Um, so I spent those four days feeling impossibly sad. But then... I don't know. There was, it was funny because on those days, you know, I, I sent a bunch of the emails to the most famous marketers that I could find. You know, and I, I sort of said, "Fuck it." You know, if we're going to go down, we're going to go go down swinging. There's an element of practicality here. Control, control rules. What can you do about it? And the obvious answer was go online. You know, so with that in mind. Um, I emailed those famous marketers and, and lo and behold, they said yes, you know, and, and there was an element of awareness, you know, that those speakers had had all their talks cancelled. So there was like a bit of a let's get in before anyone else does. So I sent the emails over the weekend rather than wait until Monday. But then there was just another bit of it, which was like pure pragmatism, which was just like, I need to do something, you know, I need to do it now. And if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it big um so so on those days you know that was probably a switch away from sadness into like right what are you going to do about it what are you going to do about it right now to make sure that your business doesn't die because you do love it and and in, in those moments it's not about anything else other than you know making it happen which was pretty much what we did and how did the so your your business model revolves around sponsors so the the events are free to attend and the the model that you use that kind of run the business is based around sponsorship how yeah. did those sponsors react to it so what we did very early on so i think we sent a message to the sponsors maybe a month before we actually cancelled all the events sort of saying look you know it's quite clear that something's happening here we're, we're just monitoring the situation but keeping you in the loop i think maybe the week before we cancelled all the events we were a little bit more like you know 
it looks very likely that we're going to have to cancel the events, but again, we're going to figure out the solution. Um, when we did what we did in terms of launching the webinar schedule, uh, we then went back to the sponsors once again and, and said, you know, this is what's happening. And I have to say, you know, I don't know whether I've got lucky. I, I think I have in, in many, many ways, but they were nothing but supportive. A few of them said, you know, because their business is uncertain as well, you know, we're going to have to give it a couple of months, you know, and see what the situation is. Um, but that was almost all I needed, you know, because I, I kind of knew that if we proved the concept well enough over those two months, and I was proving it to myself as much as it was to them, um, then we'd be able to make it work. So I'd say that's probably slightly testament to the relationships I have with each of those sponsors um, in those moments it was far less about commercial relationships as much as it was about personal relationships. Um, but you know, they stood by our side, honestly, like it's an odd, it's an odd sort of thing. You know, I've been reflecting on this a little bit more recently because obviously over the course of the past six, eight months, then the marketing rate was growing and gone from strength to strength and strength and stuff. And the overwhelming feeling that I have towards our sponsors is one of gratitude. And I think I need to reset it a little bit because I think that doesn't necessarily completely acknowledge the value that we're bringing to them as well. Um, but that being said, you know, in those moments, those human beings stood by our side, allowed us to test the concept and it worked. So, you know, hats off to them, really, you know, true, true, true things, you know, and I, I do my absolute best at every session now to make sure that they're integrated as much because like they've stood by us, so we should stand by them. Now we're going to take a little pause and just shout out our main sponsor. AdRoll is a growth marketing platform that believes every e-commerce brand deserves a fair shot at success and gives those brands the insight, capabilities, and guidance to keep growing. So check them out on AdRoll.com. So I don't like I don't want to devalue or degrade like the positioning that you have or like the the marketing persona that you have. So that that brand around positively lovely. Now, like I don't just think that as a, a persona, like I generally I know you quite well and I do believe that that is kind of running through your blood and the business's blood. But do you feel like that marketing persona and the way that you go to market around being positive lovely positively lovely has helped you in your time of need? So like people people have seen there's Joe, he's a nice guy. I'm going to stick my hand out and help him if I can. Yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. You know, a hundred percent. So there was a, there's a couple of examples, but I think the first one is like, you've spoken about it before. I think I coined the phrase from you, you know, when you say build your community before you need it. And you know, that, that was really true. You know, we had an existing community based around the values of coming together, helping one another, being honest, um, being truthful to our emotions in those moments. You know, so all of those things enabled me to go out to the community and sort of say, in the first instance, we're going to do something, but we don't know what it is yet. You know, which which I doubt Downing Street could do. You know, I don't think like the prime minister could turn around. Well, we're going to, we're going to figure it out, but you know, just just hang tight for a couple of weeks and, and see what happens. You know, so that... I'm pretty sure that's what they've been doing for the last six months, Joe. <laughs> yeah, but successfully, I don't no. know. <laughs> so like. I would say the positively lovely stuff absolutely helped because of course those were the values, but I think it was more important that those values were lived, you know, and, and 
we supported people as much as they supported us as well you know so the example of i think the week after we cancelled all the events we sent a weekly newsletter and in that newsletter we just said are you okay and you know we said you know are you okay and genuinely reply because we will be picking up these messages and, and get back to you and um that day i fielded like 200 emails from the community just people responding to a you know a, a blanket mailer just asking if they're okay you know and and i think yes so yes i think the answer is completely yes you know not only positively lovely stuff but the fact that the community existed before um whether or not that was at me or the market meetup or or whatever it is but i think to this day only yesterday we launched our season 2.5 and I went out to the community again and said, would you mind launching this with us? And, you know, yesterday we had over 100 people post on their LinkedIn feeds, you know, the launch of season 2.5. So this, it all feels like a, a co-created thing. It's something that we all own rather than uh, just just Joe, you know, at the center of it. it so, in my opinion, at least. so it feels like you are like you are one of the rare examples given or like over the last like few months. So like 2020 for a lot of businesses has been a write off. There's either been kind of negative growth or like plateauing. And yeah. it feels from the outside, it feels like there's very much a, a maturing and an acceleration from a business perspective mm. of the marketing meetup. And it feels like there is way more momentum and way more kind of drive and passion, not just from you, but from the community into seeing this going. And I think like it's from the outside, it's been impressive to watch. Like, does it, does it feel like that from the inside? Yeah. I mean, so it depends which metric you decide to look at. So maybe one of my downfalls as a business person is that revenue has stayed fairly flat you know, but going back to that feeling of gratitude for even having that, you know, that's been insane. So on that level, you know, the business has stayed relatively stable, but in terms of momentum, God, it's been ridiculous. You know, like we'd get anywhere between 20 and 90 people turn up to an event. And the other day we had 700, you know, it's like, that's, if you put 700 people in a room, that's a big conference, you know? So in terms of the, the, the reach of what we're doing the audience that we're reaching as well so um at the beginning of covid four years worth of work got us to um about twelve thousand people and then you know the last six months has been like we're up to nearly twenty thousand. you know so there's been an insane momentum there reaching new audiences australia macedonia greece wherever it is you know so yeah, the, the momentum is ridiculous. And, and that also builds into the speakers. You know, I had a moment with my, so when I say we, I'm referring to myself and James primarily, who's my right-hand man on everything marketing meetup, but also the organizers. Um, but I was on Zoom the other day with James and so I'm a massive Man United fan. And like, we've got the CMO of Man United coming to speak on, on one of our webinars. And like, at that moment, I'd, you're going to take the piss out of me again here, but you know, I almost started tearing up because it was like it was like one of those moments. You know, you don't get them in business, or you don't start to think about it sometimes. But whatever it was about the conditions of that call, I just sat there and think, bloody hell, this is absolutely bonkers. What's going on right now? You know, like 
we've got all these people we've got cmo of man united i mean the weird thing about that was five years ago i'd given my left arm to be the cmo of man united and now i don't want to be because i got the best job in the world you know so like all this stuff is going on and and like yeah it causes me to reflect upon it quite a lot but the momentum behind it's ridiculous and i i credit the community for that as well you know i mean whether it's the speakers or the community and stuff like that you know the whole point of this isn't that it's just me it's a co-created exercise um and even though i might be the the impetus behind it then it takes everyone else to engage in it which is you know the most important thing so yeah really really lucky so what's like if you were to take one learning over the last six months running a business that had to pivot like sorry that had to pivot like it was very much a like a pivot or die scenario i imagine mm-hmm. um like what's the one biggest lesson you've learned over the last six months sorry eight months now i guess yeah god the year's gone quick eh? um i'd say honesty and co-creation so there's two there sorry but um <laughs> standard and, and and I don't think these are necessarily lessons that are generally applicable um, because some businesses, you know, taking a really honest approach may get them in a lot of trouble or, or whatever. But like for the for the first part, honestly, like I don't know what I'm doing right now, but I'm going to get back to you or I'm really scared right now or I'm really enjoying this or I'm really grateful or you know, we've spoken about this enough now, you know, but I, I really hate the thought that authenticity is a tactic in marketing. It just feels like the way, you know, you should live your life is just be you. And, 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 and But I think in those moments, being honest and quote unquote authentic were really, really useful. The second on, thing... on that note, I got told off for using the word fuck in uh, a LinkedIn post the other day. Somebody sent me a DM and told me it was inappropriate, <laughs> which I've, there's a big part of me that feels like I've achieved something there. <laughs> <laughs> no, fuck, you know, I mean, I, I, it, that's, it's, a, it's a topic for another day, perhaps, but like I grew up in a household which swore a lot. And actually when people swear, it puts me at a great amount of comfort around them. And and so you know I I think that's a load of bullshit. They should go fuck themselves. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, and and then yeah, just the second one was co-creation because the more that I realised, and this ties into the honesty element actually, is that the more I realised I could be honest with the community and sort of say this is what's going on, I'm figuring it out and stuff like that, and feel like they genuinely cared. Um, the more I was like, well, this is less mine and and more ours. And in those moments, you know, you're able to kind of go, you know, what do you want? And sometimes that fails, by the way. I mean, there's been a couple of instances of me doing LinkedIn polls, which end up with like, I've done, I've done two. One had four options um, and one had two options. Uh, the first one with four options got like 21%, 23%, 27% and 29% or something like that, which was not <laughs> conclusive. And then the second one, I think, got bang on 50, 50% or something like that. So there is an element where co-creation has to stop and direction has to come, uh, which is, you know, where, where, you know, I kind of sit in it. But um, it's nice to sort of think it's not just mine anymore. It's something we all own. So it's it's grown bigger than bigger than Joe? To a certain extent. To a certain extent, but I, I, I'm also not um, 
silly enough to realize that it's moved past just me you know and we've spoken about this before as well you know the the stage of your business where it's no longer just you and I feel like you've probably got to that point now and and hopefully we've we've got a rebrand coming in the next couple of months I feel like for us that's the next step in taking not taking me out of it but you know certainly allowing it to stand on its own two feet rather than you know just be me so what's next for the marketing meetup like what so you, you've pivoted to online so like mm-hmm. what are the next stages of growth from here so i think we've started to think of ourselves as more of a digital first company now which is probably something i've only admitted to myself in the past few weeks but it, you know it has real implications in, in terms of how we operate and sort of prioritize the future so the first is that we'll be launching a membership in January, which is like mad exciting. It's also terrifying because it's the first time we've gone out to the community and sort of said, you know, do you want to pay a subscription to be part of this? Um, but I think what that's enabled us or what will give us permission to do is sort of create a whole next level of being useful for our community. Um, so the, one of the main principles behind it is we're going to create like a, a quote unquote Netflix for marketers. Um, where any marketer would be able to go into this repository of information, search for uh, anything from how to post a video on WordPress all the way through to how to write a marketing plan and have a 10-minute video right there on how to do it by someone that's been vetted and has sufficiently high-quality sort of information to give to the community. So that's really, really exciting um, and also means that we sort of start moving into like a, a proper like I don't know whether it's not really a publication as much as it's like a almost like a learning platform, you know, which becomes really cool. And um, there are elements that now we have the community as well, then we can start tapping into other things like making sure that they've got the best deals on software packages or whatever it is. I'd love, by the way, to return to events as well, because, you know, that was what we started out doing. And the reason why we started doing it was that there was a problem to solve. And that problem was that, networking events felt slimy and it was nice to sort of feel that there's a welcoming safe space which people could walk into but i think the difficulty in speaking about that as everyone will be aware is it's just so hard to put a, your thumb on when that will be that it's almost not worth prioritizing that for the moment it's also a difficult line to kind of tread as well because you've got the obviously you've got the the safety aspect that you have to take on board um okay. bringing people together is probably even when we have the restrictions about is it are you putting people at risk and all that kind of stuff but then the other side of it is like the value in being in the same room with somebody is huge and mm. like that and it's powerful as well so like the best relationships i have although i would say joe like 99 percent of our <laughs> interaction is digital although we have met in person a number of times but yeah. it's like i think bringing people into a room together is hugely valuable and like for me externally i would love to see tmm move back to that as well for sure for sure i mean we definitely will it's it's an issue of when um but i guess when when this all kicked off i I had a, a broad ambition once i knew that we were like able to live which was you know come out of this period stronger than what we entered it because it had to be seen as an opportunity. And I think when we do return to events again, then I think we're going to be in that space, which is mad exciting, really. 
I'm proud of you, Joe. <laughs> Thanks, dude. Oh, this is like the, the, the least like angry episode that we've done. <laughs> well, it's new new season, new me. <laughs> um, sure I like it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't worry, it'll change next week. So um, I think that's, that's about it. Unless you want to throw anything else out in there, Joe, any other pearls of wisdom from the last eight months? No, all good. You know, I, I think, you know, look after each other seems to be a, a pretty good principle for life and business and it certainly served me well so i think if we can encourage people to do that i think that's a good thing look after each other and don't be a dick yeah <laughs> so as as ever if you guys enjoyed listening to me and joe chat about his his pivot over the last eight months and how he's managed to turn a business around and kind of turn it into something that's incredibly successful in its own right now then please do give us a five-star rating it makes a world of difference to us and to the people who are trying to find the, the content to listen to as well and it makes both of our, our parents very proud and don't forget to check out this week's humans come first summit it's a great array of speakers all talking us through marketing sales and customer experience so check it out at summit.humanscomefirst.co.uk thanks for listening and we'll see you guys next week thank you very much cheers Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.